Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Bitches Be Brave podcast, where we talk about support for each other and what it means to be brave as a mom, as a woman, as a working mom. I'm your host, Bev Steele. And quite frankly, work-life balance is crap. We all just want a life. Thank you for joining me today. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I am talking with Jen and Sherry, who are the founders of the shoe brand F Major. And I have to say, I love these women. I I just love them not only for their warmth, which you will hear through the entire interview, but their humor, their bravery, and their strength. They are in some ways very ordinary women, just like you and I, doing really extraordinary things. So listen as we discuss the launch of their company and this incredible shoe. I actually just got my first pair of shoes and they could not have come at a better time. I'm starting to travel for work again. I'm starting to go out. I love them. They're sexy, they're sleek, and they're comfortable. I rock them with some jeans on the very first night, and my husband's like, wow. And I'm like, gosh, I don't get a wow very often. So you'll have to see them. I'll, I'll post some pictures on Instagram. So Jen and Sherry, they're not only entrepreneurs, but they're real women and moms like us, and they've struggled with finding what their next is in life. Well, they found it, and it's amazing. So stay tuned to, through the entire podcast. They have a very special gift for you at the end, and I just can't wait to hear um, how much you love Jen and Sherry like I did. So here we go. Welcome, Sherry and Jen. It's so great to have you here. Hi, Bev. Yeah, we're so excited. So before we get started, I know that you have such a wonderful story of friendship. I love the pictures on your website. It's hilarious. How, is, were those senior pictures or were those from college? From college. College. Those college. are so you know, good. Oh, I know. So I would love for you to tell our listeners about your friendship and how you got started on this journey to starting your company, F Major. Thank you. So Sherry and I became fast friends in college and just hit it off almost automatically. We were actually at Boston University. I transferred and graduated from University of Texas. And it was sort of love at first sight for us. It still is. We're still madly in love. And so we're going back twice in time. We're 52 now. We met when we were 18. So... Luckily and happily, we've maintained this, this fabulous bond over the years. And now we are business partners, which is even better. And we're just so much fun to have to be building something with my best friend. I'm on the East Coast, Shari's on the West Coast. So it's also afforded us all this time to be together and fly back and forth and do what we do, which is just laugh and have fun. And so, yeah, that's been a very big part of the joy of F Major. And I would add all the things that drew me to Jennifer in the first place, I think, are, are what make her an excellent CEO and such an obvious, like a no-brainer for her to be an entrepreneur to launch her own business. She is so witty. She is so determined. She is brash, but in a good way. And I don't want to jump ahead to punchline, but she is the epitome of brave. And we can, we can get into that later when we talk about <laughs> uh, what it means to be brave, but she's got what it takes. And I sense something so special and different in her early on. And I like, I just wanted her to want to be my friend when I got to know her. Yeah. So here I am all these years later and she kept me around. 
Yeah, yeah. But well, you both are brave. Just looking at everything you've done, I think, well, it's not really difficult to start a podcast, but you have actually to create a shoe. I can imagine being such best friends, you're probably taking these trips together. Were you out shopping one day and said, What the heck? There's like no shoes. How did the idea pop into your head and how did it move forward to actually you have a business? It's called F Major, and how did that happen? Yeah, it's a great question. So going back, maybe not so much in college, right? In college, we were wearing stilettos as often as we could. And so, but but into our 30s, high heels started becoming a bit problematic, but not like they are now, certainly. 30s and into our 40s, and we started having babies in our 30s. And babies, everything changes, right? Everything sort of softens and widens, and including your feet. But, you know, Sherry and I talk a lot about all things fashion and we are self-proclaimed fashionistas and very interested in, as we get older, hanging on to our sexy. But doing that in a high heel as you get older is proves to be really difficult, right? Some, the lucky few don't have that problem, but most of our friends do and we commiserated through the years about it. So... Long story short, I had a fundraiser in New York City. I live in Northern Jersey and I was really excited about it. It it was for juvenile diabetes, which my daughter happens to have. And we had gotten together this fabulous outfit and it was going to be this star-studded event and really felt like I wasn't going to have a good time. I was so excited to get there, but I was absolutely going to wear heels, right? The outfit called for it. I wasn't going to give up on it. So... I went online. I was like, there has to be a solution and found that I couldn't find anything that wasn't really matronly and boxy with names like Vionics and Aerosol. And, and, you know, at this point in my life, I'm not even near ready for that. Yeah. I'm not going to do that yet. Yeah. Not going to happen. So I went to Neiman Marcus and said, listen, I'm this age. I, I have money to spend now. Maybe money I didn't have when I was 20. Just all I want is one pair, I'm sorry, of black height heels, three-inch high heels that I can walk in, that are comfortable. And the sales lady said, listen, honey, designers don't make that kind of shoe. We don't make size wide, or they don't make size wide. But what you need to do is you need to size up, and then you shoot, you know, your foot will fit into the shoe. Okay, I'm a 10, great. Bring me every 11 that you have. I don't want to know how much it is right now, because it's only one pair that I want that I could wear to an event to work on date night, on girls' night, right? To a bridal shower, one pair of black high heels. So she brought out many, many, I don't know, 15 pair just. And as you can imagine, I'm walking around and my heel is slipping. I still couldn't get my toe in and then my heel would slip out. And, and the aha moment was when she said, you know what it is, honey? You just, you need to learn to walk in a shoe this bigger. Oh, it's you. You're okay. the problem. Yes, and I'm like, Bitch, I'm 50. (laughs) I learned how to walk, okay? And that was sort of my aha moment. Like, what is the deal? We are catered to by the beauty industry and the fitness industry. There are all kinds of ways now to hang on to your sexy, right? Depending upon what you're into. For me, I'm into a lot. So I'm into Botox and fillers. And, you know, fitness now can be a way that, you know, I have the money maybe to have, to hire a personal trainer. And it really felt like I couldn't give away my money to a shoe designer to make me this shoe. Really sort of weird and frustrating. And that was when the spark was ignited. And 
came home and, and said to my husband, you know, this is the deal. There's a hole in the market. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. That was fine. <laughs> but, but reminded me, we had a very, a very close friend who had been in the shoe business his whole life. He introduced us, well, we met many, many people, but he, he finally introduced us to a shoemaker in Spain who had this technology that enabled us to make not just a comfortable three-inch high heel, but a hot one, a sleek one, a thin one, right? Like you picture comfort heels, the way that they make them comfortable is they stuff, picture Dr. Scholl's inserts into the shoe, right? Mm-hmm. To create, you would imagine, a boxy, rounded matronly shoe. But this technology enables us to inject this, it's sort of a foam, but everything is sleek. The whole shoe is pointed and slim and sexy, which was sort of the point. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I love podcasts. I have dogs and kids and phones okay. and crisis, Sorry about so that. I welcome it. <laughs> so okay. Sherry, when Jen was going through all that and was telling you, gosh, this is my issue, what were you saying? So for as long as I've known Jen, even as a kid in college, when, I mean, really, I mean, you might have some problems in college, but your feet ain't one of them. Like your feet don't hurt when you're a 19, 20 year old young woman for the most part, but Jen had foot issues, not necessarily foot pain, but she just had feet that were different than everybody else's. And they were a little bit of a topic of conversation. And so for as long as I've known Jen, there's been stuff with her feet. And so over the years, the conversations progressed to more of a situation where her feet had taken on this life of her own post having babies and she couldn't wear heels anymore. And so going out there to start her own company and taking matters into her own hands to solve this problem was a couple of years in the, in the making. And at the time I didn't stop and say, Hey, she's probably going to launch her own company. But in hindsight, like there was no way that wasn't going to happen. (laughs) So I did that happened. It's like, I mean, it doesn't get any braver than that. But part of the reason I was attracted to what she was doing a, it was her. And B, I had had, I have a background in marketing. It's really all I've ever done, marketing and sales. And of course, this issue resonated with me. I, I have had bunion surgery. I can probably get through a night in heels, more hours in a heel than Jen can. But I, like most women, almost every woman that we've bounced this conversation off of can absolutely relate to this or has a love-hate relationship with heels. So A, I had a need for it personally, and B, from a marketing standpoint, I I couldn't believe that as widespread of an issue as this is or seems to be, and all of my friends, everybody I talked to about this was like, yes, tell me when that, tell me when that shoe comes out. (laughs) But why was there, why had nobody solved this problem yet? And as we started to dig, dig, dig deep into our research and like into the depths of the internet, places where like the average consumer definitely doesn't go, we started to uncover brands that were doing something similar, nothing that in our opinion comes even close to our product. But those brands that were out there, like why wasn't anybody even talking about them? And so for me, a big part of the opportunity lied in the marketing. And how do we take this and inject our brand and our product into a conversation that's already happening because people, women like to bitch, no pun intended, bitches about (laughs) the fact that like their heels are so uncomfortable. They don't necessarily talk about their 
foot issues, which is a whole separate thing. People are vain and don't necessarily like to talk about the way their foot has changed over the year, but we all like to bitch and moan and take our high heels off at the end of the night. But like, where was the go-to solution and where was the Spanx in this industry? You know, Spanx is like a household name. It's like, it might even be in the dictionary one day for all we know, but like nobody had done that. And it was just shocking to me because literally everybody we were speaking to was like, bring this to me when it is, when this shoe is ready, I will buy it. I have 10 friends that will buy it. Right. Yeah. And it's so eye opening when you look at the shoe industry and how many pairs of shoes women have. I know my husband is so happy that we have separate closets because of all of my shoes that don't even fit everywhere. That such a huge demographic of women, right, that wear shoes are not being supported. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's another thing that Jen and I had in common. And I don't know about you, I guess every woman's different, but a lot of our friends, as, as you start to get a little bit older and you start to really understand who you are, you don't necessarily need 50 pairs of all kinds of crazy designer heels in your closet that you can't wear or don't wear or wear every few years. You know, life sort of like get, you know, you, things settle down and life gets a little simpler. And so going back to Jen's point where she just wanted that one, one shoe that day she walked into the department store and like our needs became a lot more simplified. I mean, I'm, I'm still a self-proclaimed fashionista and I like shoes, but I don't need to buy the hottest designer shoe. I want the shoe that looks good on my foot that I can wear and get through the night and wear with a variety of outfits. And I'm, I'm a happy camper. I have shoes in my closet that I've never worn. I just like to look at them. And I tend to wear maybe three pairs of shoes in my closet. The rest are there. And then maybe when I have that big event, I'll dig and try to find that silver shoe or that gold shoe. But it's interesting because I'm also in corporate America and I have a job that I used to travel for starting to travel again. I went and looked in my closet. Like it's been a while since I've had to put on that heel And so I was looking and I was like, God, this is such a perfect time for this episode because as we're getting back out, we're getting back dressed up. I think that women really want to invest in a shoe that is versatile, that they could wear to the nice dinner or I love a pump. I mean, Angelina Jolie, I just always loved how she would wear a pump with no matter what jeans or skirts. Pump with jeans too. Yeah. But a, a pump can be very uncomfortable if it isn't a good pump as far as like you talk about the width. And I just think about walking through airports with a pump that I purchased because it was a deal. Right. Of course. Well, first of all, I should say, since you bring up width, so we, our sizes range from five to 12 and medium and wide width, which you really can't find, especially with a designer shoe, right? Mm-hmm. It's really but back to what you were saying about getting out again, right? COVID, I'll say that there was nothing good about COVID, but we did learn in COVID that comfort is like the new black, right? Comfort is just so important and mm-hmm. it's been both so exciting to actually get dressed up again and also a little bit sad to get out of our sweats, right? It's right now in terms of F major, we're offering comfort and dress up which I feel like is that they're both so important to women, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, and, and there've been articles written about how hard it is after being home for so long to actually wear heels again. Right. So you do it after a year. Yes. And I don't want to have to wear a wedge all the time. I mean, yep. a wedge is appropriate for that wedding on the grass. Right. right. <laughs> you know, exactly. 
(laughs) There is just something about a heel that, like you said, it's sexy and you feel feminine and there's nothing wrong with wanting to look hot. (laughs) Yeah. And we created the black one. We're probably going to go into a nude. We're never going to have laser beams shooting off of our shoes. We don't have red bottoms. What we have though, we actually modeled F major after Prada pump, right? Just sort of the little black dress of heels is what we wanted. We also want a little new dress of heels. But anyway, so shoes, heels that we will absolutely wear. So that was our mission, really, and to give that to everyone, to all women. Yeah. So part of the mantra of this whole podcast is work-life balance is crap. We just want a life. But you both decided to start a business in what I consider the most craziest time of parenting. And I always tell my friends that have like, younger kids. I'm like, Oh, it gets much crazier because you think when they're little, Oh, it's so crazy. If they can just walk, if they could just talk, if they could just go to school. But then we realize that all this other craziness happens. So how did you both do this during, I know what is a crazy time? Cause we have all have similar age children. I had had through much of my years of my kids being, well, my kids were born, my kids were toddlers. My children grew up at a time when I was a career gal. So I had a handful of full-time jobs over that course of about 12 years. And so I was doing that dance and doing that juggle and working hard. And I completely agree with you. The balance is just nowhere to be found. And I think luckily I would consider myself a little bit of a trailblazer on the work from home component which I'm so thankful for all the moms out there now that if anything good, if one good thing comes out of COVID, it's the fact that we've learned that you don't have to be tied to a desk in an office 24 seven. But I was trying to balance my life with that type of behavior in an industry, which was like tech and media. I worked for big companies in that space, largely dominated by men and also very young people, what we would call today millennials. And so there were not a lot of women. There were definitely not a lot of women having babies. And I just did my best during those years to make it work. But the interesting thing was I had a self-imposed glass ceiling on myself. I really, I was at an executive level, but I never wanted to go any higher in my particular field because the next level up would have required a lot of travel. I worked in ad sales. And once you're going to run an ad sales organization nationally, you're all over the country. And that was never what I wanted. So here I was working in these various jobs with limits on where, how far I could go. And you just, you just started to become like being on autopilot. And between that and the fact that I was usually working for men who never really got the concept of work-life balance, thankfully, there were a couple of great women in there along the way. I knew that when I met Jen, it was, or well, not when I met Jen, but I knew that when Jen came to me with this opportunity and the opportunity to get involved, that my time had definitely come because I wasn't going, I'd been working in autopilot. I wasn't going any further in the industry that I was in. I was working for men in my last job in particular. People could have been my children. That's how much younger than me they were. And they couldn't relate to my need to want to get to my kid's basketball game or school performance or parent-teacher conference. So, I mean, here we are and we're trying to get our business off the ground and it's a whole different set of challenges. But there's so much to be said for being in control of your life and 
So I'm not going to lie and tell you it always feels balanced. Like sometimes Jen and I are on deadlines for stuff or like I'm on vacation right now, but I'm working. But it's like different when you're doing your own thing. And by the way, the shift in what what I was doing before, which is tech and media to this, like I did not realize how ready I was to do something different. And to just take on something completely new and learn about something that I had no idea how shoes were made, any of it. And I mean, it's just been so eye-opening and so rewarding. And I feel so fortunate and lucky to have stumbled upon it at this point in my life, which is a point that I think women are really just getting started and at their best. But unfortunately, I think society says, wow, they're, (laughs) they're in their 50s and they're starting a business. Like, but... I think the best is still yet to come. Yep, I agree. You guys notice that in terms of a work life. When I was working full time, also I worked part time when my kids were little, but when I needed to work from home, it was so hard for me to find a space for myself, right? Kids are needy and husbands can be needy. Mine is. Animals can be needy. But it's the interesting thing is that now they see how passionate I am about what I'm doing. And I feel like their attitudes have also changed. Like when I'm, you know, really focused and I'm in the middle of a podcast, there's no more sort of interrupting. They see that this is, they are my passion and this is also my passion. And I feel like they have a lot of respect for that. And it changes things. It changes my ability to really engage in what I'm doing. So I don't know if that's the case for you, Bev, with what you're doing, but they are more conscious and more aware and more respectful. Yes. And it happened very organically. Yeah, it, it has definitely opened up conversations with my daughters just because I spent so many years in the corporate world hiding the fact that I was a mom because God forbid I wasn't focused on my job. And then I was at the drop-off at school. I didn't want to offend my mom's friends that had chosen to be stay-at-home mom. So I had to hide the fact that I was working. So I really try to talk to my kids about, hey, you decide what you want for your life. You decide. And I think there comes a time when you have an opportunity like this, when you created an opportunity. But like Sherry said, like the timing was right. Like all that you went through to get to this point educated you and made you ready for it. So I'm sure there was a point where you're brainstorming, you're talking. Was there a point where you really had to get together with your significant others and say, hey, like, we're really going to do this. Like, this is no longer just wine time, happy hour talk. (laughs) Well, for me, my husband's name is Jeff. Jeff was sort of beginning. I I mentioned, you know, he was like, what do you mean there's a hole in the shoe mark? But yeah, he was very supportive. Once this started rolling, it was hard not to be. My... It lit a fire in me. It energized me in this way that I think he also loved, right? And, you know, I worked part-time and sometimes full-time when I was raising my kids, but he's a bit of a workaholic. So he's also been able to step back a little bit to support me, which I really, really appreciate, as you can imagine. There's definitely been a shift, I think, in the dynamics in my home. I think it's, though, been primarily good. Right. And yeah, he's, he really got on board and he's, he's there for whatever it is I need. If it's Jeff, I have to, you have to make sure this pair of shoes gets out today within the hour. And you know, yeah, <laughs> back. Sorry, I mean, when Rob feel like it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. I mean, well, Rob is like my number one career champion. He knows 
I am at my best when I'm working. I really do like to work. I am really bored when I'm not. I feel grateful in my life that because I work and had a career, I actually have a group of work friends and I have a group of what I would call them mom friends at school, but they're two very different groups. And I don't know about you, Bev, but when I was working and I was a working mom, I found it hard to make friends at school with the other moms who didn't work. I might as well have been from another planet. So yeah. like, that's a whole separate story, but that's where the hiding comes, right? You just don't talk about it. Yeah. So thankfully I had Rob during all of that because I, I had kids in a new school and I certainly was not, friends were not banging down the door, but from the get-go, he's always been super supportive and this was no exception. And it's exciting, I think, to have for him to have a wife who's an entrepreneur and made a shift into something completely different. It's, it's, It's something really fun to talk about and the history of Jennifer and myself and he loves when Jen comes to stay. She's always an interesting one, <laughs> like no other. So I felt like when my kids started getting to the middle school and high school age, it became kind of a lonelier age too, because they're doing their own thing. They're texting each other. You're not having that interaction with the parents as much. And I work remotely in my corporate job. So I wasn't having that interaction. And that's really a time for me that I thought, you know, my kids are going to be going to college soon. Like, what do I want? So I, I think at that stage is a good time to evaluate. You both went really big. I mean, literally creating and designing a shoe is to me amazing. Did you have to just say, you know what, let's just learn, let's just go? Because I think a lot of Roblox that we have is, well, I don't know how to do that. Who do I think that I am to do that? You kind of have to throw that away, right? How did totally. you get to overcome that? One day at a time. <laughs> it real, that's really, I, I, looking at it like, okay, now I'm going to start a shoe company and I'm going to design a shoe and I'm going to market it and I'm going to find a shoemaker in Spain who has the technology. No way. I'm the type of person who wants things done now, right? So it was definitely an opportunity for me to say, okay, step by step, Today, I'm going to reach out to this old friend and you know, see if I'm really on to something in terms of there being a hole in the market. And there is. So then how do I find the technology? I mean, and there was such a learning curve, right? Again, we weren't entrepreneurs and it was every day was a new challenge, but trying really hard not to look at the big picture, but sort of breaking it down on a day to day, which mm-hmm. was enough to keep us busy day right. day, right? So, and I think that also having Shari partner with me was so great because we don't, I don't know if we're right brain, left brain, but we think differently. And she was able to tackle things that I was never even thinking of. And it made it much easier to figure out what is the next step. She was thinking a lot about marketing, about, we did a lot of market research. And I was thinking more about sort of all the creative aspects of it and how to look like a product. You know what I mean? So, you know, we just sort of divide and conquer a bit. Yeah. So it's a good balance. You motivated each other. So I have to ask before I forget, where did the name F major come from? Because I could not find that anywhere I look. So I'm so curious. We partnered with a very well-known branding shop out of Brooklyn, New York called Red Antler. 
And we sought them out specifically because of their success in the direct-to-consumer space. So they had launched Allbirds and Casper, are probably the two big brands that put them on put them on the map, and then oh. a slew of brands. So we very specifically wanted to go, you know, going back to what I said earlier about feeling like there was a definite hole in the market from a marketing standpoint. I felt like that was an area worthy of an investment on our end and making sure we really did it differently and went big and did it right. So we partnered with Red Antler. And so I'll give Red Antler credit for the name. We went through a series of uh, naming brainstorm rounds with them. And part of our mission in when we started to talk about what we wanted the brand to represent was that we wanted it to be irreverent. And if you looked at some of the other shoe brands out there and their names, especially in our particular little category, they're very soft and they're like <laughs> <after> women. And they're <laughs> like, but very, very, very like dainty women's names. And they're, you know, their ad materials like flowery and like Nantucket. And there's, <laughs> no, I love Nantucket, okay? <laughs> and, uh, I mean, there's a place for all of that in my life, but like, again, like nobody is talking about that stuff. So we wanted to come in, we wanted to make a bang. We wanted to be, it was a little bit of a, like an F you to the shoe industry was what we were saying. Like, you're going to leave us behind and not make shoes. Like we, we're not quite like burning our bras, but we're going to take that <laughs> in our own hands and this is how it's going to be done. So part of our direction and part of what we wanted out of Red Antler was to accomplish that with irreverence, honesty, in your face, in a way that had not been done before. And so if you look at the website, you look at a lot of the advertising and the taglines, like three inches never felt so good, et cetera, et cetera. I think we are onto something and accomplishing that. And I think as you see more and more of the brand material out there, you'll come to realize that F major is a, is short for fucking major. And <laughs> fucking major, bitches. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you, but... Oh, I'm going to have so much fun titling this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it is, it's going to be major, F major. That just resonates with me so much just because you get to a point in your life, you're like, I can have it all, right? I don't have to be that woman, the stereotypical woman. I can be tough. I can be soft. I can be sexy. I can be sporty. I can be it all. And I love what you say. That's just amazing. I'm sorry, cut you off there, Jen. No, not at all. It just happened to work out, though. I'm my last name is Fessler. Her last name is Friedman. Ah, we, yeah, we love the word fierce, and we love to be fabulous. So there are all these apps. Our primary yes. one is Buck, but there's yeah. all these great, yeah, great. Just, and I just did not catch. I looked all over your website. The three inches feels so good. Oh, that's so good. A, that's our tagline. I was just looking at. I was thinking the shoe. I'm like, oh yeah, three inches, but. <laughs> Oh yeah, three inches. <laughs> yeah, <felt> so <laughs> like yeah, I think as our marketing material starts to evolve out there, and, and we just brought in a, a PR firm to start putting the word out, I think all of that will start to become more obvious. But as Jen said, if you're someone who doesn't like the F word, right? F can be a lot of things. It's an F for all seasons. So our <laughs> last games, fabulous, 40, 50, 40 something, fifty something, fierce, foxy. It can really be whatever you want it to be, but I'm sort of telling you what it. We all know now. All you thousands of people listening to this, <laughs> they know now, and they're going to even love it more. 
So Sherry and Jen, how can people get a hold of the three inches that we've always wanted? Where can we find you? What's the status? So you can find us at www.shopfmajor.com. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, but let me, by the way, before I forget, introduce you to your new best friend. (gasps) There it is. You know, I actually had this picture up for myself, but I like seeing the live thing. (laughs) That is it. Wow. This is actually, this is Napa leather. So depending upon what you're into, but, but perfect for work situation. Well, perfect for lots of situations. Shari loves these. I love the patent. I'm a big patent leather gal. So sort yes. of up, up a notch and I love patent leather with jeans. So just a night out. But yeah, I mean, you can see it's, this is, again, we modeled it after a product. So it's really similar in terms of what it looks like. I and love them. Sexy, thin, sleek, with the pointed toe. Yeah. I love it. I do too. They look so luxurious. I cannot wait to order mine. I will take a pic of myself, my tan legs after my vacation in my new shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then you're also on Instagram and yes. At F major. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I mean to interrupt. I just wanted to let you know that for your listeners, if they go to F major shop, F major.com and order some F majors and they put in the code bitches, they will get 20% off. Awesome. I'll put that in the show notes as well. And on the Instagram post, because that will be a big deal. I know, because like I said, I know everybody's just getting back out again and we're all thinking, Hmm, do I go to that Nordstrom sale? I would, what do I do? And they're not going to find what they want. So that is great. So one of the questions that I always ask my guests, what does it mean to you to be brave? We can give personal examples of being brave, but in general, me being brave is about acting on a a revelation and not being afraid of failure. So in this case, Jennifer did what she had to do, went out there, decided all the things we've already talked about. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to build a shoe and I'm going to build a company and I'm going to launch it. And not being afraid to do that. She had a revelation. The revelation was the shoe industry is not going to take care of me. And I'm going to make this happen for myself. And then in my case, I would just say switching gears out of an industry that I had only ever really done one thing. For 20 years, I worked in the same industry and deciding I'm going to go sell shoes with Jen. I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to do something different. Because guess what? I'm not getting any younger. I'm not moving up the corporate ladder and I'm not really in control of my destiny in this world that I'm living. And it was, I mean, nothing better could have happened in my life at that point. So kudos to both of us, I guess, for being brave, but I guess it means a lot of things, Jen. I don't know if you have a different spin on it, but. No, I mean, well, I have, you know, other sort of personal examples. I did work off and on after I had kids but for maybe five years, I really wasn't working before F major. So to sort of take on the idea of, I am going back to work at this age. And I think a lot of women, that scares a lot of women, right? Like what that will look like. I was going into a different type of work for sure, but it was a big leap for me to say, you know what? I want to be a working woman again. And here's how I want to do it. And be able to 
to not have those negative voices, right? You're 50 years old. You've worked and you never really loved it. And it wasn't your passion. And to sort of shut all that off and take a leap of faith, that requires some bravery for sure. Yeah. I mean, I can say, I can tell you for all of us who have friends that had a career, perhaps left a career to raise their kids, the kids get older and all of a sudden you're kind of like, oh, I want to do something again. I mean, if I had a nickel for every time I had a you know, friend who said that, but find, figuring out what that is and really starting fresh after many years out of an industry is daunting for most. And I can count on one hand the number of people I know that have done it. I can count on one finger the number I know that have launched their own company. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It doesn't matter. Yes. And you started, you started and it sounds like you started and you just did the steps and moved it forward. And that's the difference, right? Yeah. Yeah, And you can just see the passion out of both of you about that. And that's really where you'll find the job you love and you'll never work again. I mean, it sounds cliche, but when you're doing something that's your passion and that you're doing something to help others, because I know that you're helping so many of us, come on. 50 is not old. We are going to live a long, long time. And I want to be healthy and I want to look great. And I don't want to be wearing sensible shoes just because I can't find anything. So I love what you both are doing. Amen. Amen to all of that. And also what, what keeps us going is the reaction that we get, right? It's these letters and phone calls and I can't believe it. I haven't been able to wear shoes, wear high heels in so long. I'll never forget. We'll never forget. We did all this market research. We hired this market research firm and sent the shoes all over the country. And it was amazing. We got these rave reviews. The women didn't know what they were. All they knew is that they were getting a box of shoes, right? And then they had to sort of comment on the shoes. For about a week, they had to tape themselves, right? And their reactions. And Were you holding your breath? Were you like, (gasps) oh, 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 oh. Totally. I mean, I knew that we had something, you know, they're the only heels I can wear. So, but one woman said at the end of the week, she said, these shoes are going to change the world. So, wow. Right. And I do hear from women. I can't believe it. I haven't worn heels or I've worn them, but they've been so uncomfortable. Finally, that definitely keeps us going. Yeah. I love it. That is so good. It is being vulnerable though when you finally launch your baby Ugh. waiting to get the feedback. I know. Right? So yeah. I love talking to both of you and just can't wait to watch what happens with F major and three inches never felt so good. I can't stop saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks Bye. so much.